Now we shall be reading part 4 of lesson 13 Arbitration and Conciliation Act 1996 of paper 1 Jurisprudence Interpretation and General Laws 13.6 Interim measures ordered by arbitral tribunal Subsection 1 of section 17 provides that a party may during the arbitral proceedings or at any time after the making of the arbitral award but before it is enforced in accordance with section 36 apply to the arbitral tribunal 1 for the appointment of a guardian for a minor or person of unsound mind for the purposes of arbitral proceedings or 2 for an interim measure of protection in respect of any of the matters namely a the preservation interim custody or sale of any goods which are the subject matter of the arbitration agreement b securing the amount in dispute in the arbitration c the detention preservation or inspection of any property or thing which is the subject matter of the dispute in arbitration or as to which any question may arise therein and authorizing for any of the aforesaid purposes any person to enter upon any land or building in the possession of any party or authorizing any samples to be taken or any observation to be made or experiment to be tried which may be necessary or expedient for the purpose of obtaining full information or evidence d interim injunction or the appointment of a receiver e such other interim measure of protection as may appear to the arbitral tribunal to be just and convenient and the arbitral tribunal shall have the same power for making orders as the court has for the purpose of and in relation to any proceedings before it subsection 2 states that subject to any orders passed in an appeal under section 37 of the act any order issued by the arbitral tribunal under this section shall be deemed to be an order of the court for all purposes and shall be enforceable under the code of civil procedure 1908 in the same manner as if it were an order of the court 13.7 equal treatment of parties according to section 18 of the act the parties shall be treated with equality and each party shall be given a full opportunity to present his case 13.8 determination of rules of procedure section 19 deals with determination of rules of procedure it says that 1 the arbitral tribunal shall not be bound by the code of civil procedure 1908 or the indian evidence act 1872 2 the parties are free to agree on the procedure to be followed by the arbitral tribunal in conducting its proceedings 3 failing any agreement referred to in subsection 2 the arbitral tribunal may subject to this part conduct the proceedings in the manner it considers appropriate Four, the power of the arbitral tribunal under subsection three includes the power to determine the admissibility, relevance, materiality, and weight of any evidence. Thirteen point eight point one, place of arbitration. As per subsection one of section twenty, the parties are free to agree on the place of arbitration, and subsection two states that if they fail to reach an agreement. the place of arbitration is determined by the arbitral tribunal having regard to the circumstances of the case 
including the convenience of the parties. Subsection 3 of Section 20 introduces an option by providing that the arbitrator tribunal may, unless otherwise agreed by the parties, may meet at any place it considers appropriate for consultation among its members, for hearing witnesses, experts or the parties, or for inspection of documents, goods or other property. 13.8.2. Commencement of Arbitral Proceedings According to Section 21 of the Act, unless otherwise agreed by the parties, the arbitral proceedings in respect of a particular dispute commence on the date on which a request for that dispute to be referred to arbitration is received by the respondent. 13.8.3 Language Subsection 1 of Section 22 provides that the parties are free to agree upon the language or languages to be used in the arbitral proceedings and under subsection 2, if they fail to reach an agreement, the arbitral tribunal shall determine the language or languages to be used in the arbitral proceedings. Subsection 3 states that the agreement or determination, unless otherwise specified, shall apply to any written statement by a party, any hearing, and any arbitral award, decision, or other communication by the arbitral tribunal. As per subsection 4, the arbitral tribunal may order that any documentary evidence shall be accompanied by a translation into the language or languages agreed upon by the parties or determined by the arbitral tribunal. 13.9. Statements of Claim and Defence Subsection 1 of Section 23 provides that within the period of time agreed upon by the parties or determined by the arbitral tribunal, the claimant shall state the facts supporting his claim, the points at issue and the relief or remedy sought, and the respondent shall state his defence in respect of these particulars, unless the parties have otherwise agreed as to the required elements of those statements. Subsection 2 states that the parties may submit with their statements all documents they consider to be relevant or may add a reference to the documents or other evidence they will submit. Subsection 2a provides that the respondent, in support of his case, may also submit a counterclaim or plead a set-off which shall be adjudicated upon by the arbitral tribunal, if such counterclaim or set-off falls within the scope of the arbitration agreement. Subsection 3 states that unless otherwise agreed by the parties, either party may amend or supplement his claim or defence during the course of the arbitral proceedings unless the arbitral tribunal considers it inappropriate to allow the amendment or supplement having regard to the delay in making it. 13.9.1 Hearings and Written Proceedings Subsection 1 of Section 24 provides that unless otherwise agreed by the parties, the arbitral tribunal shall decide whether to hold oral hearings for the presentation of evidence or for oral argument, or whether the proceedings shall be conducted on the basis of documents and other materials, provided that the arbitral tribunal shall hold oral hearings at an appropriate stage of the proceedings on a request by a party unless the parties have agreed that no oral hearing should be held, provided further that the arbitral tribunal shall, as far as possible, hold oral hearings for the presentation of evidence or for oral argument on day-to-day -day basis 
and not grant any adjournments unless sufficient cause is made out and may impose costs including exemplary costs on the party seeking adjournment without any sufficient cause. Subsection 2 state that the party shall be given sufficient advance notice of any hearing and of any meeting of the arbitral tribunal for the purposes of inspection of documents, goods or other property. Subsection 3 says that all statements, documents or other information supplied to or applications made to the arbitral tribunal by one party shall be communicated to the other party and any expert report or evidentiary documents on which the arbitral tribunal may rely in making its decision shall be communicated to the parties. Section 24 13.10 Default of a party Section 25 provides that unless otherwise agreed by the parties where, without showing sufficient cause, a. The claimant fails to communicate a statement of claim in accordance with subsection 1 of section 23, the arbitral tribunal shall terminate the proceedings. b. The respondent fails to communicate a statement of defence in accordance with subsection 1 of section 23, the arbitral tribunal shall continue the proceedings without treating that failure in itself as an admission of the allegation by the claimant and shall have the discretion to treat the right of the respondent to file such statement of defence as having been forfeited. c. A party fails to appear an oral hearing or to produce documentary evidence. The arbitral tribunal may continue the proceedings and make the arbitral award on the evidence before it. 13.11 Expert appointed by Arbitral Tribunal Subsection 1 of Section 26 provides that, subject to agreement between the parties, the Arbitral Tribunal may a. appoint one or more expert to report to it on specific issues to be determined by the Arbitral Tribunal and b. require a party to give the expert any relevant information or to produce or to provide access to any relevant documents goods or other property for his inspection. Subsection 2 of Section 26 states that if a party so requests or if the arbitral tribunal considers it necessary, the expert shall, after delivery of his written or oral report, participate in an oral hearing where the parties have the opportunity to put questions to him and to present expert witnesses in order to testify on the points at issue. Further. Subsection 3 of Section 26 provides that the expert shall, on the request of a party, make available to that party for examination all documents, goods or other property in the possession of the expert with which he was provided in order to prepare his report. 13.12 Court Assistance in Taking Evidence According to Subsection 1 of Section 27, the Arbitral Tribunal or a party with the approval of the arbitral tribunal may apply to the court for assistance in taking evidence. Under subsection 2 of section 27, the application shall specify a. the names and addresses of the parties and the arbitrators b. the general nature of the claim and the relief sought c. the evidence to be obtained, in particular 1. the name and address of any person to be heard as witness or expert witness and a statement of the subject, matter of the testimony required. 2. The description of any document to be produced or property to be inspected. Subsection 3 of Section 27 
provides that the court may, within its competence and according to its rules in taking evidence, execute the request by ordering that the evidence be provided directly to the arbitral tribunal. Under subsection 4 of section 27, the court may, while making an order, issue the same processes to witnesses as it may issue in suits tried before it. Subsection 5 of section 27 provides that persons failing to attend in accordance with such process or making any other default or refusing to give their evidence or guilty of any contempt to the arbitral tribunal during the conduct of arbitral proceedings shall be subject to the like disadvantages, penalties and punishments by order of the court on the representation of the arbitral tribunal as they would incur for the like offences in suits tried before the court. As per subsection 6 of section 27, the expression processes include summons and commissions for the examination of witnesses and summons to produce documents. 13.13 Rules applicable to substance of dispute Subsection 1 of section 28 provides that where the place of arbitration is situated in India, a. In an arbitration other than an international commercial arbitration, the arbitral tribunal shall decide the dispute submitted to arbitration in accordance with the substantive law for the time being in force in India. b. In international commercial arbitration, 1. The arbitral tribunal shall decide the dispute in accordance with the rules of law designated by the parties as applicable to the substance of the dispute. 2. Any designation by the parties of the law or legal system of a given country shall be construed unless otherwise expressed as directly referring to the substantive law of that country and not to its conflict of laws rules. 3. Failing any designation of the law under Clause A by the parties, the arbitral tribunal shall apply the rules of law it considers to be appropriate given all the circumstances surrounding the dispute. As per subsection 2 of section 28, the arbitral tribunal shall decide ex equo, e bono, or as amiable compositure only if the parties have expressly authorized it to do so. Under subsection 3 of section 28, while deciding and making an award, the arbitral tribunal shall, in all cases, take into account the terms of the contract and trade usages applicable to the transaction. With this, we end part 4 of Audio Lesson 13. Arbitration and Conciliation Act 1996. Please do listen to the next part.